It's not really a podcast about happiness. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to go there, buddy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much we know on that topic. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's the Tropical MBA Podcast. We're the business end of location-independent lifestyle businesses. Wow, all these crazy buzz terms. This week, I am joined by the CEO of our fine organization, the boss man direct from San Diego, California. You know. You ready to do this thing, buddy? I'm ready to do this thing. By the way, I just want to stop you right there. I appreciate you calling me the CEO and all that, but I think you got to have like <laughs> a board, maybe more than 20 employees, something. I don't feel comfortable with that term. I don't like to put that term on my business card. I like it when you say it because it makes me feel good, but I don't know if it's true. Let me leave it at this. I like that you're not comfortable with that term. I think that that's a solid thing about your personality. This week, we're talking about a TMBA 301 topic. This is a little bit advanced, a little bit philosophical, a topic suggested by you, boss man, which is interesting because it's a little bit more of a lifestyle topic, a little bit more of a palm tree topic, so to speak. Many of us have achieved what we have now by putting in insane hours on the telephone and behind the laptop, commonly called the hustle. The question we are asking today is how can we retrain ourselves to enjoy what we've created and not kill ourselves in the process? All right. So quick few news items before we jump into that. We got some events coming up here, Dan. You and I are hosting an event in Austin, and that's a DC event, but I think we're going to open it up to everybody, right? If you are in Austin and you are an entrepreneur and you'd like to meet up with us, if there's extra spaces, I'll email you. So you can RSVP me or you can kick me an email at dan at tropicalmba.com and I'll put you on the waiting list. Awesome. I think we just got a venue today, so I'm, I'm really excited about that and, and glad to be headed back to Austin, Dan. The other thing that's happening in Austin the weekend before... Our event is Andrew Udarian is hosting an event for e-commerce fuel guys. So if you're a part of that group, if you're doing e-commerce, definitely check out Andrew Udarian's site, e-commerce fuel. And uh, I think he's got an event that weekend. So could be something fun. Speaking of blogs and podcasts that are cool to read, I read Andrew's blog every week. I listed some of my favorite blogs of 2014. So we'll link up to those. Everything's at this post, tropicalmba.com slash Free time. So speaking of free time, Ian, let's just jump right into it and get to this week's topic. So boss man, I, I got to be honest, I, I was surprised that you suggested this topic. Can you kind of let us into your world a little bit, share with us the inspiration behind wanting to talk about you know, what to do with our spare time and, and how to enjoy the businesses that we've created. Yeah, it's a really weird topic to be coming from me. <laughs> I got inspired this week. There was a post on Hacker News and it was something to the effect of like kids don't care about cars anymore. So of course I clicked on that to see what was going on. <laughs> it's called boss man bait. That's what that is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's like putting the bloodworms in the water. It's like I couldn't help it. So I clicked on it, and I think the most interesting thing that I got from it was there was a set of comments in the Hacker News thread. You never know if this stuff is real, but in Hacker News, I tend to think that it is. So the whole premise of the article is like kids don't care about cars anymore. They just want to get from point A to point B. Like cars used to be something that people lusted after. They used to be places of freedom, Dan. And I think you and I experienced this when we were kids. It was like that was our sanctuary. We could get in our car and we could drive. We could be by ourselves. We could be with our friends. Anyways, the article said kids don't care about that anymore. And this kid came on and he said, we do care about those same things. I do recognize what a Ferrari is. I do think it's cool, but I don't have to own it anymore. And I thought that that was really interesting because I feel like I understand that to some degree. And I feel like I see that a lot with Car2Go and Uber and things like that. And I think we're also starting to see it with Airbnb and property. So it's really interesting to me. You're talking about the sharing economy. Yeah. It's a lot easier to have access to these kinds of luxury items. Yeah. But how does that translate into you thinking about free time? So I think what we want to own, Dan, is our time. And I think that that's what's most important to us. And I think a lot of us have been able to achieve that through these businesses that we've built. We just need to be able to afford ourselves the the freedom to enjoy it, right? Right. You know, I, I feel guilty a lot. And I guess it's worth bringing this up because I'm sure a lot of other people feel this way too. I feel like I should be working all the time, even if working doesn't necessarily directly impact me in terms of like money in my pocket. Like I just feel like I have to be busy all the time. You know, you and I, Dan, we've been working since we're essentially 14 years old. Right. And that's all we were kind of taught when we were younger is like, well, you should have a job. What are you what are you doing sitting on the couch, man? Are you lazy? Is that your problem? This kind of thinking I think has led us to get to the point where all we do is work and we feel guilty about not working. Well, now you and I and a bunch of people out there that are kind of at this TMBA three oh one level, we have businesses that allow it so we don't have to work all the time. So what do we do with our free time? It's like the trappings of time. I could imagine memes of you like secretly checking your Gmail. You know, like at all hours of the day, whereas like the previous generation, it was like the trappings of money. It's like, here's a yacht and some blow and like all this crazy excess for you. (laughs) For you, it's like you're checking Twitter too much or something. So I think this is interesting. So so let's dig into it then, because I've seen and sort of half participated in five different approaches. And we've kind of talked about these. So let's talk about what people do with all this time, different ways to go with it and see what the TMBA listeners think. So one of the things I want to address before we get into these five points, Ian, is is something called the happiness conflation. I think a lot of people say, well, you know, you say you should do that with your business, but is that really going to make you happy? I'm concerned about this. I don't really think that this is a, a podcast about happiness. I don't know if I quite want to talk about this. This is a podcast about freedom, flexibility, options, power. Maybe if you want to talk about the power to do the things in your life that you want to do, the power to create change. It's not really a podcast about happiness. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to go there, buddy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how much we know on that topic. So No, no. So then if not happiness, then what? I think one of the things that you're going to look at with all of these approaches is you're going to look at something we would call cultivating eustress, positive stress in your life to create successful outcomes, to create personal growth, to create interesting situations, engineer serendipity, as John Myers would say, while deleting stress. Stress is worrying about your business. Stress is negative. Stress is checking your Gmail in the middle of the night, but not even doing anything about it and just letting it ruin your sleep. We want to get away from that. 
I don't know if it's possible, but we're going to try. I did a simple equation, Dan, when I was thinking about this. And I figured like the normal person that works a nine to five job, they have a ratio of work to living. And I think that that work to living is basically four to three. So four parts work, three parts living. And I think that there's this new period of time that we're living in now with these businesses that we've created. And I figure that you know where we're at now, basically, our ratio is one to three. So work, one part, three, living. So what are we going to do with the rest of that time? Who are we going to model ourselves? after. All right. So number one approach would be the Mark go with it Cuban approach in quotes there. So this would be an approach that I've seen a lot of my friends take. This is like what, you know, you see Richard Branson or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or maybe somebody like a Bill Clinton. This is the pick up the phone 24 hours a day. This is driving your organization in a way that gives you a platform to go big in whatever you do. These are people like the Donald Trumps of the world who just take pleasure in the game of enterprise, of money, and of business, and they're all in. You know, Mark Cuban's famous for saying, business is the only game on the planet that's 24-7, and I want to beat you young people at it. And I love basketball. I don't sit there and watch it. I buy a basketball team and I triple my investment the first year. This is the go with it approach. This is the approach of just tossing yourself completely into it. And I mean, you mentioned last week, Ian, about Mark Cuban in particular, only doing businesses and things that he's interested in. And if, I think if you're going to take the go with it approach, it forces you to not just have these money-making muse ventures, but these bigger things that can sort of drive you towards your interests. Yeah, these guys are on 100% of the time. You know, 100% of the time, there's there's no shame. These guys are doing business in their sleep. And why isn't this you, boss man? I don't feel like you're you're the go with it kind of guy. You don't think so? Why is that? Because I don't know. I'm bringing up this lifestyle topic. I'm wondering what's going on. You're getting soft on me. I mean, I thought you were the. Nah. Points <laughs> in my life, I I think I have definitely been the go with it guy. I, maybe I'm just like in a, in a period right now. I'm kind of in between phases. I I might go back. Yeah. I might go back. You'll you'll benefit from it. Don't worry. The number two. <laughs> That's right. That's what I want to know. With him, buddy. Number two, the craftsman approach. This might be the approach that's embodied by there's this great documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Jiro is a craftsman who despite broader opportunities continues to focus on what he does well. Voltaire is famous for saying tend to your own garden. We know the quote find me a happy person and I'll find you a person with a project. You know I really resonate with the craftsman approach. You know, before I do any business in the morning Ian, you make fun of me for this, but I lock myself off the internet and I write I write stuff every morning. I test you all the time too. I don't know if you notice that. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's just like, let's hop on the phone real quick before you do that. And it's like, freezed <laughs> out, like a negative 20 degrees. Like I can't get a hold of you two hours. It's like, all right. It's possible. I do feel the demands of enterprise, the demands of customers can often be very different from the demands of your craft. I found going back and forth on this, I know you've done this similar stuff. It can be tricky. But if you can do what Jiro managed to do and have a, a small shop and you do what you do and if people don't want it they can take a hike they can go get a steak down the street we do sushi (laughs) that's certainly one way to do it i love the craftsman approach and i think there's a part of me that wants to be a craftsman and an artist stand and then there's this other part of me that's very enterprising it can be tricky and i think that you've probably felt this as well too it's like at what point does your art turn into you know some kind of commercial piece right i mean that's what we experience with our business like Industrial design was like my art when I first started that. And then I was like, well, if we make more than one, we can make 10. And then if we make 10, we can make hundreds. And then it doesn't become about art so much anymore, right? 
Maybe your art changes. It's weird, too, because there's so many, like, personal identity issues. Like, we were just talking earlier about our revenue figure for this month, and you were saying, like, I don't know if I feel comfortable being defined by that. That attitude is at odds with the craftsman approach. And sorting those things out in your head, I think, is tricky because the craftsman approach, you have to have some kind of faith about your future financial well-being or you kind of have to not care about it in some respects. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I want my cake and I want to eat it too. You know, I want to make sure that I can retire well and all that. But I also, I love this idea of focusing on your craft. Sometimes you just can't have it both ways. Sometimes life is a real trade-off. One example of somebody, I I don't know him. I've heard a couple of interviews and I've seen his work. Jeff Koons, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like a, yeah, really famous American artist. He just keeps becoming more famous. He's a guy that, that seems to have hit it in the right way. In my mind, the book that embodies this might be the one thing uh, that book that we mentioned quite a bit on this podcast. It's it's about that, you know, the exponential effect that can happen if you're just the person who wakes up every day and you pump out an oil painting and like you're not getting in a spreadsheet, you're not getting on the email, whatever. It's an oil painting every day. Boom, boom, boom. And see where it goes. So that can tend to be a great strategy if you've got the cojones. Number three, the Internet marketing switch approach. This is one that I think a lot of people by default fall into. This is when you start to kind of monetize everything. It's sort of similar to the Mark Go With It Cuban approach, but it's a little bit different because it's kind of self-serving. It's not idealistic. It's not like, you know, Mark Cuban is very much like the NBA needs to change. The NBA needs to be better. Corporate communications need to be better. SMS is not going to cut it for the future. You know, we need to develop a technology that's going to work in the future. He's passionate. Steve Jobs the same way. Whereas the internet marketing switch approach is more like, hey, you know, I just learned how to ride a bicycle. So now I'm going to start a product where I ride a bicycle. Or I'm not just going to go on bicycle rides anymore. I'm going to charge people to come along on bicycle rides with me because I'm that good at enjoying my bicycle rides. (laughs) Yeah. If you're an enterprising spirit, this bug tends to bite you. I know that it bites me, you know, and this is a way, Dan, that we've gotten into a couple of our businesses before. It's like you use a product and you think, well, hey, this isn't serving the market well. This isn't serving me well. I'm going to go make this product. Well, the problem, I think, with this approach for us, at least in the past, has been like a lot of times we haven't focused on things that are big enough. And so if you mix this with kind of the Mark Cuban philosophy, which is like, I'm only going to work on these three things. Like, I'm only going to work on these markets. Like, if your headphones don't fit and there's not a good pair of headphones out there, you don't make the headphones. You just wear the headphones that don't fit. And I think that that's really difficult for me, you know, especially with physical products. It's like, hey, I know how to make this better and I know how to make a business around this, but you have to refuse it if you want to work on some of your higher level goals. And I think the ultimate problem with this switch approach, Dan, is you never know when to stop working. I mean, you're constantly, if you're me sometimes, you're constantly looking around you at all these opportunities. I'm on the internet all the time. I see all these internet marketing opportunities. I see all these physical product opportunities. It's like, when do I stop working? When do I turn it off? Number four is refactoring your plan and responsibilities in spite of how loud the world is. This is what we talk about is defining something better to do. This is something that Eric Dubbs embodied on episode 250. He had a clear idea for the next products that he wanted to enjoy and get into. And that was his plan and vision for the world, despite a loud world. You know, we live in a loud world, especially if you've got customers in a successful business, because I guarantee you, your customers want things from you. And 
it's really easy to forget what got you there in the first place, which is defining things for your customers to want. We're trying to fire this client right now. Dan. We <laughs> me and you haven't talked too much about this, but we're trying to fire this client. Turns out like they make up less than 5% of our revenue now. They're not our biggest opportunity, but they take up a lot of our time. And so what I was telling our guys is like, look, if they take up more than 2 or 3% of your time, we have to fire them because they're not the biggest opportunity. And I think that this even happens within our businesses, Dan. I think as like owners of our businesses, we can find ourselves working several days a week, several hours a day, and your business is just screaming at you, but you know that you have a higher calling or you know that you have something else that you'd rather be doing. And so it's like really hard to separate yourself. Like this business is making good money. I kind of enjoy it. But you know in your heart of hearts what you should be spending your time on. You've already made the change for yourself. You've already managed to manifest a positive, massive change in the world. Consider what you could do going forward if you took a step back and define the change, you know, be the change you'd like to see in the world kind of thing. Imagine if you could refactor define that vision and go for it like you did in the first place for yourself to do that for some other people going forward, for yourself and for your clients. All right, Ian, let's round this out with number five, and I'll just call it becoming an athlete. A lot of us, Ian, made this deal with the devil in our 20s, our 30s, or depending on when you started your business, the deal goes a little something like this. I'm done thinking about my body because I'm going to think about my wallet, and I'm going to think about my consciousness towards this business. And so I might do something like maintenance workouts, like I might go to the gym for 20 minutes a day, or I might go for a quick job just to like, you know, restart my productivity system and then boom, back in the chair, back in front of the laptop. I think one of the things you're seeing, the trends you're seeing, you know, with 30 year olds is they get conscious of their bodies. You know, like I had a a knee injury. They call basketball leagues over 30 years old, like ACL leagues, you know? Yeah, sure enough. Like I really busted up my MCL a couple months ago and it got me super conscious of the fact that, hey, use it or lose it. And you might never be at the levels of performance that you once were at. And so this is something to cultivate. All those things, your wallet, your brain, your consciousness are carried by your body. One of the things I've been experimenting with, you know, I told you about the 15 pull-ups thing. Uh, I've talked a little bit about the basketball tournaments I've been throwing. It's actually, you know, competing with your body and becoming an athlete and having goals and events that you're going to and that you're training for sort of it can go through your whole day and change your whole level of consciousness in terms of what you're eating, how much you're sleeping, how you feel about your body and your mind. And I found that to be extremely useful. So that has created a real, what would you say, like a a bulkhead in my day, which is at 2 p.m., that laptop gets smacked shut. And this is sort of a routine that my friend Joe got me into, Joe Magnani from Empire Flippers. Hey, at, at, you know, he decided at one point in his life he was going to get healthy. And it's like that laptop goes shut because at 2 p.m. I become an athlete. And, you know, when I come home from the sauna and from, you know, some of the supplementation that I'm doing and all that, like I'm too exhausted to put in a whole other work day like I used to do back in 2011. And so becoming an athlete, like thinking seriously about your body use it or lose it kind of thinking has been influential for me. You know, you used to optimize for party. Now you optimize for pull-ups. That's, that's <laughs> nice. I don't think that you have to, well, be, I'm trying to you do don't both. have to be 20 either to realize this stuff. I think it, it happens for people at different phases in their life. But yeah, I, I definitely do think that neglecting your body for business is, is not going to win in the long term because when you're dead, you ain't going to be doing no business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely, buddy. Hey, these are just five different ways we're talking about, 
you know, going after some meaning with that time that you're creating. We would love to hear your thoughts because obviously Boss Man and I are not the happiness, excitement, eustress, whatever you want to call it, experts. We'd love to hear your comment at tropicalmba.com slash free time. We also have some links to some interesting works regarding this stuff. We'll link to Jiro Dreams of Sushi, The Myth of Sisyphus, which is a great treatise about the existential condition. And, you know, the fact that, hey, like, even if you have all this freedom and time and you're flying around to Brazil for the World Cup and stuff, there's still this absurdity in your life. Like, that's not going anywhere. Like, being a, you're still human. <laughs> you still have to face that stuff. We'll link to The Old Man in the Sea, The War of Art. And some books about the future abundance that you were talking about earlier, Ian, this idea that in the future and right now, we might not have to work as hard as we worked in the past. I think it's absolutely possible, Dan, that we could find ourselves with a bigger purpose, you know, than just this work stuff. Speaking of a bigger purpose, boss man, I think it's time for some rap and reviews. Today, I took the liberty. I think you were getting a little bit too esoteric, too arty, boss man. Decided we play a good old fashioned pop. Rap song. This is West Side Connection with Bow Down. Don't mess with my stack. The gauge is right. About to drop the bomb. I'm the West Coast dime. Big fish in a small pond. Now the fish. Ian Rich writes us an email. Says longtime listener. Working towards become location independent. Took a major step this week. Launched my first membership site. Three days in. And 21 paying members. It's a start. You better believe it, Rich. Thanks for everything. Looking forward to Thursday morning. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Started a membership site. Yeah, I can't believe it. This is from the clunky iTunes interface. If you have the time, it only takes a minute. Five stars would do us well. This is the entrepreneurial diet, meat and potatoes. The TMBA is a weekly must from EA608 for entree and entrepreneurs alike. It's informative and motivational. Last week's The Entrepreneurial Quest pushed me over the edge for writing a review. Wow. Pull back the yoke and just say no to baby showers. I love it. Yeah. I always say no to baby showers. And you know why? Because I don't get invited to them. <laughs> I wonder why. Five stars. Seth Overly. Roundhouse kick to the face. This is the Chuck Norris roundhouse kick to the face of business podcast. Enough said. Yeah, but I'll say more. Say more, sir. Seriously, though, I discovered this podcast about a week ago, and I have been binging pretty hard ever since. It's really helping me move forward. Each episode is full of actionable advice, and they don't sugarcoat things. Amazing stuff. Thanks for the info. All right. Great tip from Savings Angel in the Philippines. Hey yes, I like this comment a lot. This speaks to me and other internet entrepreneurs, especially internet marketers. They have to say, make a business first, and then talk about your entrepreneurial journey in your blog and have something noteworthy to say. Yes, I agree with that advice 100%. Unfortunately, 99% of people don't have anything noteworthy to say. <laughs> Salamat Din. Five stars. Best entrepreneurial podcast out there by Shina. This is the only podcast I listen to religiously for the past two and a half years. The only reason it's taken me this long to write a review is because I've been busy parlaying the gold mine of knowledge and inspiration I've gotten from D and E into 10xing my business while baselining in Brazil. Keep up the good work, guys. I look forward to every episode. Finally, Amy, inspiring and attainable. I've been listening to Dan and Ian for a while, and I'm never disappointed with hearing about their experiences and connections and also the possibilities that apply to my business. And this is amazing. 
They respond to their audience. Yes, we do, Amy, talking to you right now. Occasionally, I've emailed or left a voicemail, and I get a personal reply. That's right. There is no machines on this end, just me and Dan in our free time replying to your emails. So do send them. Fun fact, inspiring and attainable, the same review that Ian's girlfriend gives of him. (laughs) I don't think think I'm close to either of those for her, but yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This one's at tropicalmba.com slash free time. We will be back next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.